Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Anticipation of eternity should always be in our hearts and minds as we go through this Christian life. Our perception can get very clouded with this present world. The present world that we see today as we think about the scripture is not going to last. It will pass away. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, heaven and earth shall pass away. The Bible says also in 1 John chapter 2, John wrote in verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. All the pleasures in this world will just simply pass away in the days to come. There is an end to all the things that are in this world. Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3.10 as well, And but the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that therein shall be burned up. I was just in Kennesaw Mountain, uh, uh, yesterday, and uh, we were just enjoying the state park there and going through the museum, and I saw many trees in Georgia, and I saw a lot of uh, forests and a lot of hills, and as I looked at that wonderful uh, creation of God, it's, uh, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, everything that I guess the South represented concerning landscape. And as I looked at all that, I realized, you know, well, these things will all be burned up at the end. And as much as I enjoy it today, we realize that this world is not getting any better, but it's going to be worse, and God will bring down his judgment. And everything will be burned up, the Word of God says. And we must recognize that the end will come. God has an end in mind concerning this world. The world uh, uh, doesn't want to think about it, and the people of this world do not want to think that there is something of a judgment that is to come, but the Scripture is very clear that God will judge and that God will bring forth a, a passing concerning this world. I think about Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And Revelation 21, verse 4, we just read it a moment ago in the beginning, for the former things are passed away. You see, the scripture is clear over and over again that there is an end that we need to take heed. And I think these scriptures are a wonderful blessing to consider the great things to come in eternity, but not only that, but also a great warning. It is a blessing to know that we have eternity uh, uh, that, uh, that, is, that is going to come, and uh, we have heaven as our home. And, uh, but as we think about the end times, as we think about uh, what's, uh, what is about to happen in the last days, our affection should be not for the things of the world or of the earth, but the things above. And we need to uh, see this as a warning, not just as a blessing. Uh, yes, we, lure, we are looking toward heaven. Yes, uh, we have a, a wonderful mansion that's waiting for us. But let us also take heed of the warning that God gives us through these promises and through these scriptures. 
But a place is waiting for us, yes. A perfect place is waiting for us, yes. It is a blessing, but it is also a warning. There isn't much time here in this place. This place should not be our treasure. It will pass away one day, and it will be burned up. There's a gentleman named Demas in the Scripture who got clouded with the things of this world. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4.10, For Demas hath forsaken me, would you say the last phrase together? Having loved this present world. Why is it a present world? Because Paul recognized that this world was simply just passed away. It was a warning. And I wonder if Demas was ever turned around concerning this perception that he had in loving this world. And I hope we're not uh, going in the same direction as Demas today. And uh, we might be born again, we might be saved, and we might be waiting for the blessings of heaven, but we are living this world, enjoying it, and also loving it, and not considering the end that is to come, and also the accountability that we have to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us recognize that this world is only temporary. It's not going to last. And so we need to always anticipate for the end. Be watchful. Be prayerful. Did you know that this was a prayer of John? And uh, John was the one that penned down the words uh, of Revelation. Of course, the Holy Spirit is the author. And uh, he gave uh, what John should write. But John was the uh, person who wrote these words in a book. And we have it as Revelation today. And as we think about how he was... Uh, 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 I guess somewhat uh, 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 revealed, uh, he was, uh, he was part, partaking in this wonderful revelation of, uh, what, of what's to come in the days to come. And uh, as John finishes his book, and as he has dialogue with the Savior, Jesus Christ, Christ says in Revelation 22, verse 20, He which testify these things saith, Surely I come quickly. And then John replies back in verse 20, Yea, man, even so come, Lord Jesus. Jesus said, I come quickly. But, you know, as John heard that, he wasn't thinking, Lord, just take your time. You know, uh, maybe not this time. Maybe not next month. Maybe not next year. Let's uh, kind of ease up a little bit, Lord, and uh, let's give us some more time in this generation. But John was looking forward to his coming. He says, even so come, Lord Jesus. I hope that is our heart this morning. And when God tells us that he is coming quickly, I hope we could say, even so come, Lord Jesus. I hope you're looking forward to that wonderful second coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and also uh, before that, the rapture. And so let us think about the fact that we should, not th- we should not be concentrating about the delay of His coming, but let us anticipate His coming. Let us not set our affections on the temporal things and uh, uh, the things that will simply pass away, but rather on the eternal. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, let's look at it together on the screen. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And what are we looking at this morning? Are we just looking at the world that we see visibly? Or are we seeing the wonderful place called heaven by faith? I hope you're always living by faith, God's people say. 
And I hope you are always aiming toward eternity, not for the things of this world. You know, uh, my eyesight is not the greatest. Okay, how many share uh, that same problem? All right, and uh, you wear glasses, you know, or rather you wear contacts. And uh, if you're rich enough, you get what LASIK. Amen. All right, and uh, but you know, uh, all of us have you know eyesight issue, and and uh, many of us uh, our eyes are getting dimmer, and and it's not getting any better. And I remember I I got my first glasses at the age of. Uh, uh, 10 years old, okay, I'm sorry, no, not even 10, 8 years old, and uh, I used to watch the TV very close, and I, I used to play uh, a Nintendo games very close, and, and uh, we didn't have LCD at that time, or high definition, you know, we just had a regular box TV, you know, and uh, uh, back in Korea, and uh, I remember getting my first glasses, and, and uh, I, after I got my first glasses, I realized, wow, these people have noses, okay, and these people have eyes, and uh, I realized, you know, uh, 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 the trees look different, I mean, I could see all the leaves now, but when I take off my glasses, you know, it becomes what, very blurry again, I remember this past week, I was taking out my contacts, and I lost my contact on the sink somewhere, and I was taking it out, I was thinking, did I lose it maybe uh, under the uh, under the cover of my eyelid, and and how many of you had that problem before with contacts, right? And uh, it's like deep in there, so you have to kind of drag it out and you know uh, scratch it out, you know. And sometimes you get a red eye from that. And I was trying to take it out, thinking I, I wonder if it's in there. And I did that for like ten minutes or so, and I was like, all right, maybe it's not in there. It feels like it's in there, but it's not in there. So I kept on looking around, and uh, I didn't have my glasses, so I was kind of like blind, you know, and I was looking at the sink very closely, and if this was a sink, I was looking at it like this, and then uh, I was thinking, you know, it should be here, it's not here, and then I started kneeling down to the ground, and then I couldn't really see the ground at all from this distance, so I started kneeling like this way. That's how bad my eyesight is, you know, without my contacts, I'm a blind man, I shouldn't even drive, I shouldn't even be walking anywhere. And uh, finally, but I did find my contact on the ground. As soon as I found it, oh, it's drying up. So, you know, I got my little solution inside of wet it on the ground and then got it up and cleaned it up and put it back in the capsule. But anyways, and, uh, but, you know, uh, as I was uh, 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 kneeling down and, and uh, looking toward the sink very closely, you know, I was very helpless. And I was blind. I was just looking at not the things that are uh, uh, in the distance because uh, I, I'm, you know, uh, uh, nearsighted, meaning I can only see things that are close. I can't see things that are far. That's why I had to get so close. That's why I had to look, uh, look at it from the ground point of view. And, and as I uh, uh, think about that small illustration, sometimes as Christians, we are always nearsighted. We're not looking for the things that are far away. We can't see and why? Because we are so clouded with the present world. We're looking at the world this close. And that's all we see. And that's all we enjoy. That's all that makes sense to us. And we don't have the spiritual glasses to see the far things that are waiting for us at the end. The judgment seat of Christ. And the great eternity that will start, the new heaven and the new earth, and the holy city that's coming down. And we don't see that 
far away. Why? Because we don't have the spiritual glasses today. I hope as Christians today, you're not kneeling down in this world and looking at this world only, but you're putting on that uh, glasses that the Holy Spirit has given you from the Scripture so that you can see far off a bit and see what God has planned for you and what God wants to do with your life, not for this temporary world, but for eternity. You know, God has an end for this world. He has planned it even from the beginning. And he wants us to have that eyesight. And Isaiah 46, verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I mean, believe that we can't tell God what to do, Right? There's no way. I mean, he is all-powerful. He is all-omniscient. And he has declared everything uh, uh, from the uh, uh, beginning to the end and all the things that he will do for him, and all things are done. And, and, and for us to think that we could just manage our lives and, in this present world and, and try to do whatever we want, I think we're being rebellious, and also we're being very foolish to think that we could control our lives and control our end. Ladies and gentlemen, let us not think that way. Let us uh, uh, trust the Lord and let us give our lives to Him and, and have that spiritual glasses on and to see the eternity in hand. What does God want me to do? Not for this world, but for the next world to come. How does God want me to live now so that I could be prepared for eternity? I think about Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. You know, eternity is waiting for us. And eternity will only start, eternity will only start when everything will end of this temporary world. And we must recognize that. And uh, what are we to know about God's end? God explains the end very clearly in the Scripture, in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament. And Jesus Christ also, at the Olivet Discourse, you could call it, he mentioned the end. Talked about the Antichrist and talked about how everything will be uh, destroyed and the new heaven and new earth will come and, and how he will come down, descend from uh, uh, from heaven, and uh, all these things are clear evidence that God wants us to consider the end, not just this present world. I'd like to share with you three memorable statements of God and how he prepares us to consider the end. So first of all, and uh, we must recognize that Christ said, it is finished. Would you say that with me? It is finished. Look at John 19, verse 30 on the screen or on maybe in your notes in the bulletin. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost to order the end of all things for the future. He had to bring an end to sin. And thank God he did that. Amen. What if he never died on that cross? And gave us the end, the seven-year tribulation and the wrath of, wrath of God pouring up on this world without the wonderful finished work of the Savior, Jesus Christ. We will be all doomed, my friends. We will not have heaven as our home. We will all go to the lake of fire and burn there forever and ever and ever. And thank God, before he said it is done in the book of Revelation, we see in Matthew around 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ said it is finished. What is finished? The perfect work 
that will bring reconciliation, the atonement, and the redemption for mankind concerning their sins and the wrath to come. And thank God Jesus Christ died on that cross, and thank God His work was perfect. And we don't need anybody else. We don't need anything else. We just need Jesus Christ. He said, it is finished. And that's why we need to consider the end. I wonder where you go after you die this morning. I wonder if heaven will be your home. Because Jesus Christ said 2,000 years ago, it is finished for you. He wants to make sure that your sins are forgiven. So that your sins are removed by the precious blood that he shed on that cross. So that you could have heaven as your home. And I hope you consider the statement that Christ said, it is finished. It is for your sins. It is for your future. And if you have never received Christ as your personal Savior, do it this morning. Receive Him this morning. Consider His statement, it is finished. And it is not your works that will take you to go to heaven. It is not your religious experience that will take you to go to heaven. It is not your genealogy or tradition that will take you to go to heaven. No, you uh, have heaven as your home uh, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And He is the only way, He is the only truth, and He is the only life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus, uh, God had only one son. His name is Jesus. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He that believeth on the son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. You see, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ is the only way. He had the finished work on the cross for the sins of mankind, and that's why uh, we need to go to Him for salvation, no other, my friend. And by the way, God doesn't just work with all these different religions, no. He only works with one truth, that is Christianity and this Bible, the Word of God. God doesn't work with Muslims concerning salvation. God doesn't work with uh, 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 Buddhism or maybe Shintoism. Okay. I don't know what other isms out there, humanism, whatever you might call it. God doesn't work with any of those isms, my friend. God only works through Jesus Christ, His only Son, and through the Word of God that we have this morning. A lot of people might not like that, and a lot of people think that we're preaching hate. No, we're preaching love. We're preaching that Jesus Christ loves them. By the way, what other leaders die for their religion? Only Jesus did. I'll be preaching about the innocent blood tonight, how Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God, the innocent Lamb of God, and how he was poorly treated, and how he did not revile, how he didn't threaten. Though he could have called the legions of angels, but how he took upon himself the betrayal and, and, and the, uh, the mockery and the shame. Why? Because he loves us so. He loves this world and he loves the souls of mankind. And if there was only one soul that was a sinner in this world, he would have still came down and died on the cross for that soul. And ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said, it is finished. Oh, there is a place worse than this life. It's called hell. Consider that. In hell, there is no water. 
In hell there are torments of fire and brimstone. In hell there is darkness. In hell there is loneliness. In hell there is gnashing of teeth. In hell there is torment. And why would you want to go to a place that is worse? You see, Christ loves you so He wants you to take you to a better place. I don't know about you, this world is full of trouble. I think you acknowledge that this morning. Not just here in this country, but across the world. By the way, you know, what is England doing? What is Russia doing in having riots over soccer games? Did you see that on the news yesterday? What in the world is that? Over a soccer game where ISIS is beheading people. They're not writing about that. They're writing about soccer games. I mean, people are confused and people are just, you know, uh, uh, not having the right focus and, and just bringing their own trouble to themselves. And this place is not a perfect place. Would you acknowledge that? It's a very confused place. Even this election is very confusing. And I'm just simply saying today, this world is not our home. We shouldn't call it our home. And uh, heaven should be our home, and heaven should be the place that we look forward to. And if you have never received Christ as your personal Savior, you'll never go to a better place, but you'll go to a worse place called hell. Be worse than anything here. Oh, don't go there, my friend. Trust in the finished work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He said it is finished. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust anything else. Don't trust anyone else. Don't even trust yourself. No, trust Jesus Christ. Cling to him. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Hebrews chapter 10, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. You know, when Jesus Christ comes back for the second time, he's not coming back as the Lamb of God. Though we identify him as the Lamb of God, we understand that, but he's coming as a King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's not going to die again. He already died 2,000 years ago. And those who reject Christ, the same Christ who died 2,000 years ago, many of those who will run into tribulation, that I believe many of them will also start rejecting Christ, that same Christ. Why? Because they don't want to believe that he's still the Savior. They don't want to believe that he is the creator of the world. They don't want to believe that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I believe now is the time. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. If you have never trusted Christ, trust Christ today before it's too late. So with that in mind, Jesus Christ said, it is finished. Remember, end this coming for you. Where would you go after you die? Christ said, it is finished. He wants to bring that finished work of redemption and forgiveness of sins in your life. That's why he died on the cross 2,000 years ago. Number two, God, he said, it is done. It is done in Revelation 21, verse 4 through uh, 6. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat up on that throne said, Behold, I made all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these were true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. One day we will hear his voice and his voice will say, it is done. It is done. 
Because He is the Alpha and the Omega, the true and the faithful, the beginning and the end. And He is worthy to say, it is done. And when God brings His end, invites us to eternity, Bible says here, the formal things will pass away. Notice what will be gone in the script. Uh, notice what will be gone in the end, according to the Scripture. Number one, tears. All tears will be wiped away. How many of you had tears in your life? I think all of us have. You had some trials. You had some difficulties. I've seen you with tears before. And ladies and gentlemen, as we uh, think about the tears of this life, thank God in heaven there will be no more tears. Jesus said, enter the joy of the Lord. There will be no more tears. There will be no more sorrow, the Bible says too. But also, the Bible says that there will be no more death. I remember the day my father died when I was 10 years old. I still recall that day. I still remember uh, 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 touching his cold hand and saying farewell and goodbye. And some of you young people will have to say that to your father one day or maybe to your mother one day. And, and some of you already have. I'm sure you were very sorrowful. You shed many tears and you have to say goodbye for a brief moment. And thank God in heaven there will be no more death. There'll be no more funeral services. There'll be no more graves. Amen? You don't have to go to a cemetery. You don't have to make funeral arrangements. As I was in the, uh, the candidate school this past week, uh, they really encouraged you to get life insurance. And so I applied for it, and, and they talk about, hey, if you, as a missionary, Die on the field. Something happens to you, and your wife is left alone. Your support will drop to zero percent within six to twelve months. Your wife will never be supported by these churches. It's just the way it is. They might support you for another six months or twelve months when you die, but you, as a man, need to prepare for the end. You need to take care of your family. You need to consider your death. There was a missionary who got into Canada school, and then six months later, they got in an accident, and that young man died just like that. And by the way, we don't know when death will come, right? But I'm just simply saying, you know, as I was considering death in my life, you know, that's real. It's going to come in my life. As much as I don't want to think about it, but it's going to come. And we need to consider the end, consider what's going to happen in the future. But as we think about the scripture, thank God, we don't have to think about that at all. We don't have to think about life insurance when we go to heaven. God's people say, amen. We don't have to think about health insurance. Because the Bible says, there will be no more pain. In heaven, there is no cancer. There is no HIV or AIDS. There is no uh, Zika virus or Ebola. There is nothing like that. There will be no more pain, no more headaches, okay, no more backaches. I don't know what your trouble is this morning, but none of that, my friend. In heaven, there will be no more pain, and there will be no more crying. Oh, isn't God good? Amen. God is good. 
And God is preparing a place for the, uh, preparing a place for us, a place like that. Now, if we think that God is good now, we will be more impressed when we go to heaven. We look forward to the end and beginning of eternity because this present world will pass away. As we think about this world and the lust thereof, you know, all the drugs will pass away. All the alcohol will pass away. All the fornication, all the lust, all the pride, all the hatred, all the gossip, all the envy, all the fears, all the insecurities, all the murders, all these things will pass away. That's a wonderful place. And God will say, it is done. We are putting away the old. Let us invite the new. Get ready for that day. Look forward to that day. Don't love this world. Don't love this present world. Don't love the drugs and the alcohol and the fornication and all the pleasures and all the things that are on the TV and all the things that the Hollywood produces. Don't, uh, 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 get, uh, don't uh, uh, get fatuated with all the different riches of this world and the monies of this world. All these things will just simply pass away. Love Jesus Christ. Set your affection upon the things above, not on the earth. God will one day say it is done. Everything will be new. I don't think anyone would say, oh, I miss living back in California. I, li- I miss living by the sea, by the ocean. I miss the breeze. I miss my house. I don't think anyone will say that when we enter the holy city. God's people say, Amen. And we need to just think about heaven every single day of our lives. It is done. Number three, it will surely be done. And he said unto me, these things are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must surely be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Now, it's been around 2,000 years since this was written. Some are saying, where is the promise of his coming? As we see it in 2 Peter chapter 3. But we must realize that the Bible says in verse 8 of that same chapter, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as thousand years, as a thousand years as one day. So for God, it's only been really two days. If you think about it. In the context of that, for him, it's been really zero days. Why? Because he has no days. Okay? That's what Peter is getting at. Whether you counted it as a thousand years, one day, one day, or a thousand years, it's irrelevant for him. Why? He's in eternity. We're the only one that's waiting, to be honest with you. That's why we got to be watchful. That's why we got to pray. That's why it will surely be done to God Almighty because He has no days to consider. And we need to be watchful and we need to be ready for this coming because He did say, I come quickly. And we don't know when He's going to come. He could come tonight and He could come next week. He could come next year. We cannot determine a day when the days will end. And by the way, seven-year tribulation will come very quickly after the Antichrist is revealed. It's only seven years. 
I'm 34 now, plus seven years, I mean, I'll be 41. Just count your years, count your days. Seven-year tribulation is going to be just in a quick manner, and then it's going to enter a millennium, 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ, and then after that, eternity. That's why I believe God says, I come quickly. Don't get off guard. Be ready. Be watchful. Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, the Bible says, Watch therefore, for you know now what hour your Lord doth come. Does anyone know when Christ will come? Nobody. No date, no hour, no minutes, no seconds. No one does. And we need to watch and pray. Yes, there are signs of of the uh, end times. We understand that. And uh, Jesus Christ gives us those signs of the end times. In the Olivet Discourse, we understand all that. But no one could pick a date or hour. And by the way, Jehovah's Witnesses have tried many times. <laughs> Never worked out, okay? And I think uh, several years ago, they had to just say, oh, yes, we are in the millennium right now. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what's going on with that, but I'm just simply saying, you know, no one could ever... Determine when Christ will come. No day, no hour, no year. It could be today. Tomorrow, it could even be tomorrow. It might be the last day you go to work. It might be the last day you take care of your family. And I'm just simply saying today, let's think about what John said. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Let us anticipate for his coming. Let's be excited for his coming. Jesus Christ is coming. Jesus Christ is coming. And let us be ready and be watchful. If you have never received Christ as your personal Savior, remember Jesus said it is finished. So that you could be prepared for the end. So your sins are forgiven. If you're a Christian this morning, hey, it is done. One day Christ will say, it is done. He is true and faithful, and all the formal things that we have here today will pass away. And then realize it will surely be done. Christ will do this very quickly. Be ready for it. Don't live for this world. Live for Jesus Christ and for eternity.